I just watched Space Jam A New Legacy for the fourth time, so of course you realize this means podcast. Are you ready, eager young space cadets? Meep, meep. supposed to be an earth-shattering kaboom. Hello and welcome to This Means Podcast. I'm your host, Jonathan Graves, and with me today is my lovely and adoring wife, Sabina Graves. Hello. Hi. Thank you for joining me on this very cool, very exciting spoiler review for Space Jam A New Legacy. Thank you for joining me and watching this movie with me. Uh, you have been on the podcast before and talked about Looney Tunes and how excited you were for the future of the franchise. Did did you anticipate this movie coming out? Yes, because I live with somebody who told me that it was coming out when every it was day. announced. <laughs> when it was announced. And, and every day. Every day since. Until the release. Well, we are here to discuss the movie <laughs> And what we liked about it and what we didn't like about it. So this is going to be fun. But before we do that, we're going to touch on some Looney Tunes news because Looney Tunes was in the news this week. And one thing in particular stood out to me, which was that James Gunn was going to include a Wile E. Coyote reference in the form of a t-shirt. For Rick Flagg in Suicide Squad. The Suicide Squad. The Suicide Squad. Yeah. No, it's funny because the first time we saw the, I think the teaser or the trailer, I thought it was Bugs Bunny on his shirt. You did. And you pointed that out to me. I was like, is that Bugs Bunny? And then we were excited. (laughs) (laughs) We were excited. We did some detecting and it was not Bugs Bunny. It is a character called Ultra Bunny that James Gunn drew himself. And the quote coming out of the BBC One interview is that James Gunn took the Wile E. Coyote graphic out of the movie because he felt that it was too much Warner Brothers. And we're about to talk about a movie that a lot of people have said is too much Warner Brothers. So maybe it was a right move. I don't know. It would have been fun to see Wile E. Coyote in there because there's already Tweety Bird in the Harley Quinn movie. So there's precedent prior to this, which I thought, you know, was synergetic. But I also like the fact that he drew his own character that, you know, stands alone. Now I want the t-shirt. Oh, for sure. I, I wonder when Hot Topic is going to get it. They have the um, the shirt for the John Cena character, but uh, n- not, not any of the other male characters yet. Yeah, yeah I think that... I think it's a missed opportunity he didn't make it Wile E. Coyote. And mostly because, you know, in the quote he says, oh, you know, it's one thing. Like, you can do that with a character like Mickey Mouse. Well, he said that you can have Mickey Mouse in a Warner Brothers movie and it not be weird. But having a Warner Brothers character in a Warner Brothers movie when he's working on a Wile E. Coyote movie just felt too much of one thing. I, I get it. But I also still think that it would have been really cool to see a Wile E. Coyote shirt in a very ultra-violent movie because you can't really see a Mickey Mouse shirt in a very violent film. So I think that with the Looney Tunes characters and Warner Brothers being a bit more lenient, I think that would have been a really fun image to see in the context of the movie, especially if, you know, that might be some sort of foreshadowing for the character. Um, But... You know, we'll see. I agree. It doesn't have to be foreshadowing exactly, but I would have enjoyed seeing the character pop up in this because of the ultraviolence. But with Mickey Mouse, I think Disney would have said no. I think it would have gone through too many hands and I don't think he would have gotten the permission to do it. It's fun that he said it. Because it's very Roger Rabbit of him to say, Mm -hmm. Uh, mixing Warner Brothers and Disney 
Uh, it's only happened once, and I don't think it'll happen again. <laughs> but I hope it does. <laughs> we'll see. I hope it does too, but we'll see. And the fact that there was the thought to do it is exciting enough for me. So you know, it you know has us talking about it, and he's working on. Acme versus Coyote. Which uh, is also a part of the reason why he didn't do it, because he was also working on the movie. Exactly. Well. Exactly. So, you know, it it's it, it would have been too meta, I think. Yeah. But I like meta. So I, I do like that sort of meta though. Yeah. I mean as a as a Disney fan who's currently encroaching on your territory, I wish I could put Mickey Mouse in my ultra violent movie script ideas. I have a character that I wrote in the script once who was inspired by Mickey Mouse and I really want him to have a Mickey Mouse watch as he like goes on sprees and junk, but that's never going to happen, I don't think. So, I that's I think that's sort of why I'm bummed out that James Gunn didn't do this because Warner Brothers I feel would have totally let him do it. Yeah. I mean, I think they let him do a lot of things that were <laughs> we're very excited to see. We have not seen Suicide the Suicide Squad movie yet, but it is definitely on our radar and uh, coming out soon. So, yes, that would have been cool, but alas, we will get a Wiley Coyote movie that he is working on currently. So, I'm excited about that. So, another fun thing that popped up this week are it's getting closer to Halloween. So we're seeing costumes. And some of the costumes we're seeing are a little creepy. I like how you describe this as popped up because I was literally browsing the Ruby's costume website for us because I was trying to see if they had WandaVision costumes, which they do. They have the uh, Halloween episode costumes. And Ruby's, for those of you listening who aren't uh, weird Halloween fan people, um... Uh, is a the licensing company that pretty much handles the designs and manufacturing of major IP costumes. So you can't actually buy costumes from them, but they're the ones that sell them to like Spirit Halloween, Party City, and whatnot. So usually around this time, they will have their designs up for costumes that are upcoming. And I was browsing for that, and then I just decided to look up Space Jam and they have a lot of Space Jam A New Legacy costumes up already, which are very, very interesting looking. They're interesting. Yes. Uh, there's a Kid Bugs Bunny costume, which has like a 2D cutout version over the face of the kid. Um, but that's cool. They have Bugs Bunny headbands and ears. They have a granny mask. It's wild. And scary a little bit. Oh, yeah. So the granny mask is sort of like a, a half mask. It's not like a full, um, you know, latex sort of mask situation. It's one of those like just front of the face sort of like plasticky looking masks. But they are, I, I just, I don't know how else to describe these pictures other than Jonathan will probably post them on Instagram because the poses that were selected for this, they have like a weird, like, head tilt i would say and um it kind of feels like the mask designer from the shining designed these masks because they're they're, <laughs> they're creepy <laughs> they're very creepy and the yeah. head tilt does not help the head tilt on these are... they are all tilted heads yeah. and i am getting shining feelings <laughs> looking at the porky pig one right now Look away. it is terrifying tweety as well tweety's head tilt is ultra angled mm-hmm. so but for whatever reason marvin the martian is not yeah marvin the martian is straight on like the the person that was modeling these masks for marvin did not turn his head at all i don't think he got the memo and then bugs bunny is head tilted again i do not understand what direction these models were given and then there's like just random accessories. Like there are hands, like gloves. I don't know. It, it's so it's like fun. cartoony hands, but then also there's Listen, I, Bugs I Bunny skin coming out of the hand. I the commitment I, to these gloves. I don't want and this. And <laughs> I do. These are great. <laughs> um, I, I'm, I'm a fan of those like vintage sort of kind of off kilter costumes that you see pictures of like on Instagram where it's like, 
these were like original Star Wars costumes. They're just like highly disturbing. These actually are not as disturbing as some of those like 70s and 80s costumes, but it just still kind of like, I think it's mostly the pictures that yeah, make them look the a little creepy. Um, but yeah, Jonathan was describing the Bugs Bunny kids gloves, which have um, sleeves to make it look uh, like you're wearing, wearing bugs, bugs of skin yeah bugs of skin it's bizarre <laughs> although there are actually other costumes like the younger toddler costumes are these very um uh like fleece looking uh warm like you make your child into a stuffed animal costumes <laughs> i would say they are these are cute though like that's they are, adorable they are wearing they the have, toon like, squad hoods. jerseys with the with the character faces on it like Lola and Bugs, and there's also like uh, infant, toddler and kid LeBron James Toon Squad uh, gear with the silver basketball, and that's entertaining. Another interesting item that Jonathan really wants to get <laughs> is a is a Tweety Bird shoulder sitter. Yeah, it's like the thing from the uh, from Disneyland that sits on your shoulder, but it's Tweety Bird. Like and the the rendering on Tweety's face is a little creepy, but I still want I love it. it. I still want it. It's funny to me that Granny didn't have much merchandise in the toys, but yet on this page she has two costumes. There are so many Granny costumes. What I- is happening? It's great. <laughs> <laughs> who approved this? I I am a fan of whoever approved this. Yes, Morbid. Although it's funny because this costume isn't actually listed. So the granny picture with the shoulder sitter has like her classic looking costume, right? Like yes. This is, which is not really in the movie or is it kind of in the movie? It is in the movie. Okay, so it's in the movie. But when we go back to the costume page, that costume's not actually there. No, it's not there. Yeah. But I will be... It, I will be excited to see this in stores and see how it looks, not on a creepy model, but like on a shelf or, you know, uh, hanging on a rack or something, because I will definitely examine it and see if it's worth, you know, $20 or $15. I, I want to know if you're going to get these half masks, because for my birthday party, I got these really fun uh, Universal Monster tiki masks that hang off our walls, and I, and these masks are kind of in that style. And I'm just like, is is one side of our office gonna have like Universal Monster tiki masks hung over my desk, and the other side will have these really creepy sideways Looney Tunes looking over your shoulder <laughs> while you record? Yes, the answer is yes. I'm gonna have all of them facing your side. That's the that's the goal. Okay, it's the plan. And I'm guessing you'll be able to see these in September whenever they're in Spirit Halloweens and Targets, maybe. I don't know. But wherever people get Ruby's supplies for costumes, that's where they'll be. So look for that. And yes, also, uh, Sabina said, you can follow the Instagram and I'll be posting pictures there at (laughs) This Means Podcast on Instagram. So with that being said, let us get into the spoiler review of Space Jam, A New Legacy. Basketball camp is next weekend. You got amazing potential on the court, and I can help you get there. That's not what I want, Dad. You never let me do what I want to do. You never let me just do me. Hold up, wrong floor. That Will Smith ain't got to deal with this. Dad! Down! What in the Matrix hell? Welcome to the space. The space. The space. Welcome, King James. I am the king of this domain. This is the serververse. What'd you do to my son? Where's Dom? The only way you're getting your son back is if you and I play a little basketball. Pete, send this clown to the rejects. Wait. What is this? Ah! I'm a cartoon? Meh. What's up, Doc? Come on and ride, baby! 
I need to assemble an elite team to help get my son back. I know what you're looking for. So a dream team. That was part of the Space Jam A New Legacy trailer. Sabina, what did you think of this movie overall? It was alright. That's just my honest opinion. It was alright. Okay, that's fair. I thought it worked on a lot of levels. And yes, it's a family movie, so it's not going to be for everyone. But I really appreciated the artistry and the animated sequences. And I thought the overall hook of the story really works and that you're able to feel for Dom as he is going through being neglected from his dad and wanting attention that he's not receiving at home. And when a rogue AI is giving him that attention, like he's kind of becomes a surrogate father figure. And I totally bought into that relationship, even if it was centered on evil. Like it just, (laughs) it felt authentic to me. And I think a lot of people, a lot of kids especially will connect with that. And I think it teaches parents a valuable lesson of letting their kids be their kids and they're not going to be you let them be them and see what happens like give them you know give them space to grow totally i i agree with that i did like the family dynamics between lebron and dom i think that it's very relatable because a lot of times you know you have a lot of Gen Z kids who, you know, are very much attached to technology and expressing themselves in ways that, you know, an older generation might not completely understand. And, you know, you had LeBron kind of be this figure of, you know, through a lot of physical hard work and dedication, you can become accomplished in this great physical sport that he's accomplished in without really trying to understand that his own son is applying that sort of mental fortitude and his own sort of technological skill set and applying it to his own dreams. And I thought that was great because, um, you know, I think that, you know, although we do not have the children's yet, um, just seeing uh, as, as sort of fans of, animation and family films sort of seeing those dynamics like truly play out uh it was also kind of a theme that was explored in uh the mitchells versus the machines in the same way where like they had a a dad who was like an outdoorsy type and a kid who wanted to make movies and is always on their phone shooting right so i think that's something that's very relatable right now and that definitely works and and you know at this point i don't mind saying i've seen this movie like four times um and that doesn't ever really feel like it hits a false note and i think that's why it is such a hit with the children's the youths for sure (laughs) yes and talking about being connected to dom uh, and this movie you start this movie with video games but you start it with little lebron playing crazy castle bugs bunny's crazy castle and i had that game i played that game on game boy and i was instantly interested in what journey we were about to take because of the mixed media within this it's not only animation and live action hybrid it's also the conversation about video games in a in, in a really cool way because the video game aspect has transformed the game of basketball in this and you're not just playing a regular game of basketball there's things like style points there's things that make it loony and the loonier they get the more they're more the more they're rewarded yeah which creativity. is really cool yeah yeah creativity and i feel like gen z for sure got that message and it is good to be creative it is good to you know, make your own content that educates you, that that teaches you stuff. Um, I, I think that that is a really unique spin on this film that was just on its own, a, a money grab and a sponsor, like, n- fruitcake of <laughs> ideas that got made in 1996 and now we're seeing this new version and yes it is 
another fruitcake of ideas and all kinds of like crazy IP like injected into it. But it also has this really cool message. And I think the message elevates this film over the other one. Oh, for sure. And in our household, it is sort of, um, I mean, accepted that uh, I personally, I have not rewatched Space Jam, the first one. And you recently did your audio commentary for it with some of our peers and friends. And uh, I, I very decidedly chose not to participate because to me, that movie, I just want it just preserved in amber because it was such a huge part of my childhood. And I was obsessed with Space Jam as a kid, like to the point where I'd perform the soundtrack in my living room. I don't know. I was weird and uh, had the toys and enjoyed the movie a lot. Uh, and then obviously went through like a long period of not watching it. And to this day, I haven't watched it because I do not, I don't want it to be tainted for me. <laughs> Cause I, I know a lot of people who had the same sort of childhood that I did in the nineties were obsessed with it, had all the clothes, were those nighty kids with the like Looney Tunes shirts and everything who thought Tweety was a girl because for whatever reason he was put on all the girl merchandise and now have accepted them as their androgynous icon that they are. Um, because yeah, like, you know, that was, that was like quite an era. And like I was talking about a lot of people that I know kind of gone back and watched it and been like, nope, it's awful. It ruined my good memories of it. So I, I don't want to do that. <laughs> That's fair. I, I love that this movie touches on those things though, because there's the whole sequence where they're in nineties attire. And I loved that. That could only happen because of the cultural boom that was that fashion in, in that time. And Looney Tunes are all over that fashion. So yeah. it's, it's really Especially fun. Especially if you grow up in like places where streetwear was a huge thing. I mean, I'm from LA. So I remember going to downtown LA with my parents and getting like uh, fashion square area like clothing. And it was always like the Looney Tunes in the most stylish and very um, <laughs> unique sort of like clothing and stuff. So it was... It was really cool to see them in that fashion and them pay, like, homage to that. Yeah, totally. And I think that Space Jam 2 can also be a huge cultural reset, just like the first Space Jam 1 was. And you're seeing it, you know, as someone who is an avid collector, we've gone out to, like, different stores and online merch shops with, like, very cool designers and other streetwear brands. How quickly... Anything Space Jam sells out, whether it's Aldo or these really awesome like Gen Z brands that we stumbled upon on Instagram. And, uh, you know, like we recently were having dinner in our neighborhood and saw some some young youths, you know, with these really cool backpacks and shirts uh, taking their Instagram photos. And when we went and like did some research to find the same backpack, uh, we found out that it was completely sold out. Yeah, that's true. And whenever we go into department stores, we're seeing like entire sections dedicated to this film specifically. And it's doing really well in stores. And I'm seeing a lot of it being sold out online as well. So it is definitely hitting and making an impact culturally and in i think it's becoming part of the zeitgeist again oh for sure which is really cool to see and as somebody that is at the forefront of like just pushing it out there on online i'm seeing a lot of feedback positive feedback on the brands and on the imagery that's out there so i think that that's really cool oh for sure so with this movie we have had a slew of wonderful imagery. I know that there's a lot of love for Wiley e. Coyote and he gets so many great moments in this movie, such as the invention he makes on court where it multiplies all the basketballs. There's it multiplies all the hymns. All the hymns. Yeah. He gets sucked into it as well. And obviously it's, 
you know, going to backfire on him somehow because that's just within his character. And they accomplish that in such a really fun and unique way. And honestly, all of the Looney Tune gags on the court worked for me. Like, those are some of my favorite moments because it's obviously in theme with the Looney Tunes being themselves, but also it's so in this movie, unique. Like, we're getting Granny performing a Matrix move to take down this evil clock manipulation. Um, Basketball player. Basketball. Franken basketball avatar ready player one <laughs> he's and an amalgam of a lot he's of an things, amalgam of a lot yes. of things. And, and kind of like going back you know to touch on um the whole matrix thing and, and the references of the movie when we saw the trailer i was apprehensive at you know just seeing the onslaught of warner brothers ip all over the place not because i don't like the warner brothers ip i do but because we had just seen Ready Player One and Teen Titans go to the movies and the Lego movie, which, you know, very heavily used to varying effects um, the IP. And honestly, I was like, I, I just want to see the Looney Tunes, <laughs> you know, and um, I, I think they half accomplished using them effectively. And then the other half of the attempt was not not great for me though i really enjoyed the beginning of the film where you had the different realms and had all the looney tunes separated dispersed um, amongst dispersed them, amongst yeah. them. Yeah. Uh, because you know there's always like that that criticism of we're gonna mash up this character with this ip and see how it goes and i really like that being the setup for algae rhythm who is played fantastically by Don Cheadle and in a very, you know, Dr. Not Dr. Doom or what's his name in Roger Rabbit. I'm oh. blinking. Doom with the dip. I don't yes. know. <laughs> Mixing him up with Victor Von Doom from Fantastic Four. Uh, but yeah, like he was very reminiscent of that. Obviously not as evil, even though he did threaten to delete the Looney Tunes. But this idea of... And kidnap a bunch of people. <laughs> he did kidnap a bunch of people against their will. So, you know, he <laughs> he was he was intense in his own way, for sure. <laughs> but yeah, you know, just, I really liked those scenes. I just felt that they were too short. And I really wanted a little bit more of that. So, like, they, they felt so short that it made it feel just like I was kind of being beat over the head with different IP moments from Warner Brothers. But the moments that I really enjoyed were Granny and Speedy in the Matrix or, you know, uh, Bugs and LeBron going into the DC cartoons and the attention to detail for those scenes and those cartoons of that time. That was amazing. Um, And I think that kind of they were undercut by like the the quick Game of Thrones thing and you know, Mad Max. And Ma- no, I, I liked the Mad Max one. I did too. That one was hilarious. I liked all of them because it's Looney Tunes doing parody. And I've always loved when Looney Tunes do yeah, parody see, like, because Looney they Tunes, do it well. Looney Tunes and the Muppets, they are the perfect vehicles for parody. And that kind of just, it made me want more of like just stories in those realms of parody. And that would be fantastic. Um, well, I, according... I guess I side with Algy Rhythm on that. <laughs> I don't know <laughs> if that's what he was trying to do. Um... Well, according to the novelization, Gossamer, who we didn't see where he came from, was in the Scooby-Doo world. <gasps> and he was a monster uh, for Scooby Why and the gang. Why didn't we get that? I would have much rather have gotten that than the Daenerys moment with... Um, Foghorn Leghorn? With Foghorn Leghorn, yeah. Oh, okay. Like, I, I laughed like, at the foghorn. I did not because it just made me mad again at Game of Thrones. I think the, like who <laughs> who is now still happy with Game of Thrones? I think they burned the bridge with all the Game of Thrones fans. And I was like, this is a angering reminder of how <laughs> they just ruined the show. <laughs> I too wish there was more Game of Thrones in it and other IP. I say that because... In the novelization, we also got, or in concept art, we got Bugs being 
in drag of Daenerys. And that would, that have, would been have been cool. cool. Yeah. Yeah. What? <laughs> or Sansa. It would have been either it, it or. It might have been Sansa. That would have been cool. Yeah. I don't know. I just. But so what. I, I totally agree. Uh, what we want is more of the parodies. Um, and, uh, you know, for them to have more play on screen because they work. I thought they worked. And I think I think they would have worked even better had they been longer, as you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. I think we're siding with the bad guy. <laughs> like, the movie starts out with Bugs Bunny being like, they all left the Looney Tunes world to, to like, go on to bigger and better things and in more, I guess, modern shows. Um, but also I love me some just classic Looney Tunes and I really like the new shorts. So, well, I love seeing bugs in the Casablanca, uh, world because he'd already been there in carrot Blanca and he wore the same outfit. And I thought that was really cool. That was a really nice touch. Yes. All these Easter eggs distracting us from the theme of the movie um which is to accept your family even if they go off and be creative in other things maybe bugs bunny was supposed to learn that they were going to come back anyways after being and having their stints on these other properties who knows we didn't find that out because the movie is very 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 compact it is and they had a lot to get through um you know there were a lot of artists that worked on this and, and I brought up the Casablanca moment. I just wanted to give a shout out to a friend of the podcast, Dave Alvarez, uh, who did not get a credit during the movie, but got a really nice page of credits um, after the fact. But uh, yes, uh, credit all artists, yes. Warner Brothers. <laughs> no, I thought that was true that they actually came out and, and credited all the artists yes. that they had missed. Um, I did too. During the and, and honestly, it's on a streaming service. They can just pop that right in there if they haven't already. I hope they do. They, they better. <laughs> I and, mean, that's what we have these services for now. You know, all these altered, like, end credit scenes and, like, just just go in there and, and change, like, the, the thing. Totally. It is all changeable. The theme and the way Bugs is treated in this movie, I felt, was pretty authentic to the character. I didn't find... Anything that happened to him to be inauthentic. And yes, that includes the sacrificial I, moment. I wouldn't say inauthentic. I just felt like he was... They, the, I felt the Looney Tunes were a little shortchanged. They were they were shortchanged. But uh, what I wanted to comment on was his line before he passed away. <laughs> Quote, unquote. Before he died. <laughs> because, because he says... That's all, folks. And Bugs doesn't say that. Bugs should have said, ain't I a stinker? Because he just did this thing no one thought he would do. And that's quintessential Ooh, ain't I a stinker line look at time. Look giving some script notes. Script notes. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, I that digress. was like earlier uh, when we were shopping, we got my non-biological niece a Tweety sweater that was adorable and it's purple with a bunch of Tweeties on it and says, that's all folks on the chest in gold. I was like, this is adorable. And the first thing Jonathan says to me is that Tweety doesn't say that. Well, they don't. That's true. And right. uh, I, I, you know, I still let you buy that shirt <laughs> for our niece. Yeah. So the fact that that shirt exists, though, is really cool. Because before Space Jam, I could not see that shirt existing. So thanks they to have. this movie, we have really cool stuff on shelves. But also for all ages, really great Looney Tunes content to just devour over and over and over again in this movie such as the training montage which is the looney tunes at their looniest we have granny jumping school buses we have wiley coyote setting fire to a portrait being taken and you know daffy's bill flying in the air saying mother like we have so many good chuck jones moments yes. within this and that's really exciting to see on and, the big screen. And that's such a big deal because that is what honestly drives home the the lesson that LeBron had to learn, you know. Like all of us who are who are older and fans of the Looney Tunes, we know who the Looney Tunes are and what makes them them. So 
for LeBron to kind of have tried to make them, you know, just a sports team and stripping away what made them so unique and, and what gives them their, their like strength um, was a good way for him to kind of like realize that he's LeBron. He is the king, you know, um, and that the Looney Tunes are the Looney Tunes and that they have to be loony and that's what makes them work. And, and that pairing of, you know, his talents and even him kind of embracing something that he shunned in the beginning, like the video game, which he was interested in and kind of like leaning into that um, through that montage, I thought was very effective and, and definitely didn't like hit a false note at all. No, not at all. And the characters are pitch perfect. You even have Foghorn Leghorn sporting an outfit that he sported in one of the shorts, Lovelorn Leghorn, which I've already covered on the podcast with Mark Hughes. And like, the attention to detail in that is just so respectful, I thought. So kudos to the team uh, over there that uh, created these wonderful moments for us to to watch as Looney Tunes fans. Yeah, and, and just like we were talking about earlier, this movie is super compact, you know. And so I think these things definitely worked for kids watching it and for hardcore fans like you could pick up on the nuance of those moments but you know i definitely understand why a general audience might have felt a little rushed through in sort of like these sort of beats because it was like you know we're we're in the looney tunes world and everything is 2d but now we're exploring other realms and now we're training and there's like you know, Algae Rhythm is making the Looney Tunes CG characters. And th- that was, that was nefarious. Like, wow. That was definitely like the reverse dip. You the know, it's dip. like the reverse dip, honestly, because in the dip, you erase the cartoon. But you, when you make a cartoon CG, that's sacrilegious. Yeah. It can be seen as very sacrilegious. Oh, and, it is. And um, <laughs> on many know, channels, it is. Uh, Don Cheadle is so great in this movie. It just he just like hams it up as a villain, and just is the is definitely the MVP. He elevates LeBron's performance, and LeBron's great. You know, we saw him in Trainwreck. He was good in that. You know, for an athlete, you have different skill sets. You know, like The Rock wasn't The Rock overnight. So, you know, this is LeBron's second or third film. Yeah, and I think there's a lot of potential if they continue on with more space jam stories whether with lebron or with other athletes there was that like short like scene with um naomi uh the 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 japanese uh tennis player in like the end credits and i was like that'd be a cool movie to see too (laughs) oh yeah or granny with ronda rousey yeah yeah that was in there too and um yeah small cameo by bill murray walking on a golf course with bugs bunny (laughs) <laughs> yeah, a lot of weird cameos there at the end. Yeah. Um, another weird cameo was Eagle-eyed. Rick and Morty, who showed up to drop off Taz. Oh my gosh. Okay, listen. <laughs> I am appalled at uh, film Twitter uh, for being mad that I'm, I'm appalled at the folks who were upset that Rick and Morty was in this because they were like, how do kids know Rick and Morty? Like this belongs to us adult swim adults or something. But listen, um, we have a nephew who is like eight and he's 10. Wow. He's 10. The time has gone by (laughs) in this lockdown. I don't know time anymore. It's felt like forever. Time is a lake. Yeah. Anyways, we have a nephew who has been watching Rick and Morty and they know who Rick and Morty are. Even as kids, when we were 10, we were watching stuff we went, we shouldn't have been watching. Yeah, so that's like the weirdest point people were making. They were like, why use Rick and Morty? Why not use like one of the younger like Cartoon Network shows right. or something? And I'm like, I mean, that's valid, but also Rick and Morty is its own beast and they're in, in like fake space. <laughs> in, in the... In the in the server verse of planets, <laughs> which somehow still makes it a space jam. I mean, I think having Rick and Morty in there kind of validates it being a space jam a That's little bit fair. more. So. They, are, they are flying in space. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I completely agree with you. And also, you know, I remember watching Total Recall at the age of like 
seven or eight, and it freaking me out. You're and like watching Ren and me Stimpy or yeah, Ren and Stimpy, Butthead. yeah, exactly. You know, so it kind of seems really ridiculous that there were a lot of. Um, there shouldn't have been backlash yeah, at that. That's that crazy, but. The fact that it's in here is even crazier. And I loved, <laughs> I loved that. it. I loved, I loved it. it. <laughs> there are really great moments because you have these fun pairings. And one of the craziest things is, and I, I noticed it immediately, and this is only for Looney Tunes fans, but Mel Blank, whenever he did this, it was very no, it was very recognizable as something that is unique. He inherited the voice of another character while being one character so whenever it's bugs bunny imitating daffy it's bugs like being bugs with a daffy duck bill on talking like daffy duck but you can still hear bugs and eric bowser does that in this where porky pig imitates yosemite sam with gossamer's fur and when that happened I stood up and I almost applauded <laughs> because that has never been done before. And I thought that that was done so seamlessly and so like it, it's, it's so wild that something like that has to happen in a space jam movie and it can't just happen on the shorts. But the fact that it had never happened at all up until this movie is wild to me. But the fact that it happened, it just made me so happy. For sure. And honestly, the entire voice cast of talent behind all the tunes were just completely immaculate. There was not, you know, a moment where I didn't feel like they weren't the Looney Tunes. Even Fluffy, you know, playing yeah. Speedy Gonzalez yeah. felt incredible. Yep. You know, it just it felt like they were the Looney Tunes and, you know, you have the like the legendary voices who have been a part of this for so long jeff bergman and bob bergen and candy milo yeah they've been doing it for forever so and great. uh yeah I'm, I'm glad that they are in this because it's not only a new legacy for you know lebron taking over but it's a new legacy of these voice actors getting the spotlight and it's long overdue i think but you know this is the first time they've been in a movie like this and it's and have gotten like credits like in the beginning yeah right? jeff and eric did yeah yeah and uh that's really cool so hope hopefully we get more more of that uh going forward um that you know there isn't a voice for wiley coyote in this but maybe he'll have one in his movie we'll see <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk about the game so space jam starts and we have the Goon Squad versus the Toon Squad. And I got to say, the Goon Squad was very formidable. E like, even more so than the Monsters. I, I guess. Um, I think I remember being more, for whatever reason, more endeared with the Monsters. But, like, I did not feel that same sort of endearment with the Goon Squad. I thought they looked just, like, very slick and cool. But... I don't know if there was necessarily anything about them to make them memorable, or at least as memorable as LG with them. Sure. And, and the nerd looks, uh, which are the little aliens that turn into yes. the monsters. Yes. I agree with you because we see the nerd looks before they change. And there's still something in them that you believe will turn to good. And they'll go against Swaghammer in that first in that first movie, whereas these characters are manufactured in a lab, so to speak, and they are just evil for evil's sake. So that's why I think that there's that disconnect. And I was also kind of just confused about whether they were that or if they were the actual players um, brought into the game from like their phones. And so, like, it felt like they were just participating in a game that they might have just believed was just make-believe and fun. Because it's just like, <laughs> they just showed up and it's like, oh, wow, I'm a spider person. Look at my eyebrows and my wings and I'm blue, you know. So that kind of made the stakes a little less 
they just made the stakes not feel as high because it was like I, I didn't know if they were fake like uh avatar players like when we were playing you know against the computer on like a Mario game and you're just like I'm just waiting for you to roll the dice and to like do your thing before I can try to kick your ass um you're not actually having someone fighting actually against you when you're playing those games so I didn't know if it was that which made them really uninteresting to me if that is what it is or if it was just like these players were sucked into like their phones because algorithm needed them to be a part to be fused with the alterations that Dom created and so they're just like Oh, we're 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 in Ready Player One, you know, and and playing like that. Though the characters felt very Ready Player One to me, I guess in that way. So that's what felt like not as earned as far as like the villains go. That could have been fleshed out a bit more. I agree with you. I'm gonna let you live with the <laughs> uncertainty. Because it makes it more interesting for you, and I don't want to take that I've away. I've seen the movie four times, <laughs> and I don't remember if like there was a scene of like the actual basketball players being like, "I'm being sucked into my phone <laughs> to, to be a part of the Space Jam." Um, well, I can assure you, there is not. I mean, so there was that, and then like also, I hated the the evil like warner brothers ip characters in the background i i wanted to like them like when i heard the rumblings and rumors that they were going to be included in the movie i was like oh my gosh yes this is going to be so cool to see like you know these villains from the actual movies be in the movies but um what in the holy Hollywood Boulevard <laughs> mess was that because they literally looked like when you're walking on Hollywood Boulevard, you see these like character like street performers. Yeah, it's in, like in, cosplay in, in, a little bit and they're trying to They're like, but they're not even money. as good as cosplay. Like they were literally like a notch above the Hollywood Boulevard, like people who have really terrible versions of, of costumes from these movies and stuff and like cosplayers. And it just took me out a lot. Like, not so much because it was like, oh, these are like rated R characters in the movie. No, no, no. That had no issue with that. Um, I was just very much like that that Mr. Freeze is not Arnold. And it is really bothering me that it's not Arnold. You could have deep faked it. You could have given them some money to deep fake it. I don't know. Um, or had you know, more characters that could have been more ambiguously done. Like the Pennywise was the most effective because that is mostly prosthetic makeup, you know? Yeah. So I think the agents were the most effective because they were wearing sunglasses. It could have literally been agents yeah. because you don't like that could be and anybody. There was a setup for that, you know, because they were in the matrix earlier in the movie. Well, we didn't see the agents in the movie. I know, but, but they we were in the world in the world. Oh yeah. So, where, where's the mask world? I want to go to that world. I That was wild. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, I agree with you. And also, it's really fun to think about, you know, the Danny DeVito of it all. Because <laughs> Danny DeVito's on the sidelines. But also, I mean, in, in the fact that there is a guy cosplaying as the Batman Returns Penguin. But also, Danny DeVito voiced the villain in the first movie. So, you know, that's... Uh, weird space jam connection for you yes and uh i you know i i was taken aback by the fact that yes we knew that some of these characters were going to be in the movie but they didn't say anything they didn't interact in any way and i know that these characters would have done things that manipulated the game in some way you know, it would have been funny to see them creating their own style points in ways. Yeah, like and you have like if with Voldemort, you could have had him casting spells from the stands, which is something that is a direct reference to an event that happens in the Harry Potter Quidditch game. That is a very good example. That's so, a very good example. What happened? Yeah, um, I don't know. I. <laughs> I would be interested. I, would, I definitely would say that in a longer script. In the in the second, I don't remember what time when we went to see it at the Alamo Draft House. As soon as the game started, I went to go pee. Yeah, 
because you needed a break. <laughs> I needed a break. <laughs> we got there really early and I ate on my queso. <laughs> but I loved the Looney Tunes stuff in this because you have bugs calling the game well, in no, no, old no. timey see, way. But that's the, see, I liked that. But like literally when it was the tunes trying to be LeBron and I was like, I have enough time between this. And when they go loony, oh, okay. to go use the bathroom. <laughs> gotcha. So let's talk about them going loony. And Daffy Duck builds the logo of the Looney Tunes that Porky, you know, breaks through. Yeah. Now that pairing is classic and goes to their first appearances because Daffy debuted with Porky. So the fact that Daffy is the one building it makes a whole lot of sense. And I love that connection. <laughs> And then you have, yeah, LeBron getting goofy with the Looney Tunes and it works. I think everything about the sequence really works. It's really fun. And you came back from the bathroom just for it. So, you know, there's something about it that definitely hits on all levels. And as an audience member, I think that's, I think that's worth the price of admission alone. But, uh, but yeah, I really like this moment and I, and nothing can tarnish it. <laughs> Yeah, no, and I think it's great that Granny got a lot of moments in this movie, especially, you know, when Dom does come back. She was like, I made a jersey just for him. And I was like, oh, that's true. It does answer the question of where the jerseys come from. (laughs) (laughs) And yeah, it's it's really cute. It's really adorable. And whenever Dom makes that moment. Every time someone gets injured, Tweety being the bird that like is floating around their head. Yes. is awesome. Whenever Tweety says, we got to stop meeting this way to LeBron, I, I, you know, really love that. Definitely. And also Gossamer. Gossamer's so cool. Gossamer got some screen time yes. as well. It was nice to see. One of my favorite shorts is, is one of his first, and uh, that's called Water, Water, Every Hair. Uh, if you haven't seen it, I highly recommend it. And yeah, he got to be on the court and... Foghorn's line to him whenever he's soaking up the water, getting the water out was uh, hysterical. Like every time I hear it, it cracks me up of uh, Gossamer is the quicker picker upper. (laughs) (laughs) Eric Bowser just killing it as Foghorn as usual. So overall, I really love this movie and uh, it has really great cameos. The Michael B. Jordan cameo, I think, works on every level. And oh, yeah. every time we've seen it with an audience, the audience explodes during that moment. Like you can see it coming, but also it's it's great. Yes. It's so good. It is. And, and I was like really intrigued as to like him showing up as not. I mean, it makes sense that he is himself. But I also was like, but you are also Apollo Creed. Because somewhere in the serververse is a Rocky Balboa universe. <laughs> That's true. That um, is Warner Brothers. It would have been funny if he had come in with like his boxing gloves and like with like hood and stuff. Yeah. You know, and then he's like, oh, it's Michael B. Jordan. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Yeah. And just my overall thoughts on the movie are that. It is a really good family movie. I've seen it multiple times and every time a family comes out of it, they're always going up to the marquee or the billboard and, you know, asking their kids like who their favorite Looney Tune is and what was your favorite moment. And there's a lot of love for Bugs out there. There's a lot of love for Tweety. And it's really fun to see. And Tweety got to dunk in this movie. Like (laughs) kudos to the animation team that made that happen. And, uh, yeah, I, I, you know, there's so much to love within this film and we get so much animation goodness that I find it really worth the time to, to rewatch or watch if you haven't yet. Um, there's, there's, you know, there's a lot to love. Yes. It could have been longer. Yes. It could have been, they, they could have handled things differently. Like Bugs is death. Like Bugs is death. Listen, um, I cried the first time I watched it. So did I. I, on, I mean, it, they literally killed Bugs Bunny. It gave me flashbacks of trauma from the Pokemon movie when Ash is turned to stone and Pikachu cries. I was like, but this is Bugs Bunny dying and I'm not okay with it. Like, no. And they like did it. Like they like just, he was deleted. And so for me, um, my brain was already working as soon as that happened because I remembered what Dom said about when his character got deleted, that it would take two, a, week. a week or a week to rebuild, right? 
So I thought, you know, and, and the setup was going there, it seemed, where, you know, he thought he was going to basketball camp and LeBron was like, no, you're actually at E3 camp. And, you know, either having him already have started to rebuild bugs or something. Um, I thought it was, it was going to go in like that sort of direction because it just felt really jarring for, for bugs to show up. Script notes. Yeah, script notes uh, for bugs to show up randomly, which, I, you know, like I said, the movie is really compact and I felt like they were like really trying to just get it really concise. And the easiest way to explain it to kids is just to um, obviously refer back to the beginning of the movie where Bugs says that he's a tune, like... And nothing can kill him. And nothing can kill him. He's like Jesus. <laughs> he dies. He is a bunny. He, ex- he saves all these people from exile. And then he comes oh back gosh. seven days later. It's, uh, yeah, it's, it's very religious. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, and no, so I, you know, I thought it was interesting. And and I also kind of wanted it to maybe lead into the, the next uh, series, the Robert Zemeckis series that's coming out. That's going to be about the, I think it seems like the Looney Tunes in real life with people. And it being like a small setup to that would have been really cool where it's like, for whatever reason... When the serververse went crazy, all the Looney Tunes got out. Yeah, what cra- what kind of crazy Warner Brothers synergy would that have been? It would have <laughs> been amazing. <laughs> but alas, we have Bugs show up at the end of the movie and go for some Taco Tuesday with some LeBron. Yeah. <laughs> and if you haven't seen LeBron's TikTok videos where he's talking about Taco Tuesday, they are hysterical. So highly recommend. And who does not like Taco Tuesday? Everyone loves Taco Tuesday. And now I'm going to refer to it as Taco Tunes Day. Yeah. Because that's the day Bugs Bunny came back. <laughs> <laughs> I will raise a margarita to that. <laughs> All right. Well, that will do it for this spoiler-filled re- review of Space Jam A New Legacy. Thank you, Sabina, for being on this show with me. Where can the people find you online? I am tired of all this space, these jams. <laughs> um, this is the last time I have feel to talk delirious. About <laughs> Help me. <laughs> ah! um, you can find me on Twitter at Sabina has no R and on Instagram at that lady graves where I um, talk excessively about spooky things and Disney. In, in a way that uh, I now understand Jonathan has to put up with in the way that I have experienced Space Jam just completely and fully for the past few months. <laughs> in very un- Like it feels like it feels like it was we, we left lockdown and then it was Space Jam season and then now it's Halloween season. So I will have my revenge. And uh, still somehow not escape Space Jam because I'm about to live with some really creepy masks. Awesome. (laughs) You're welcome. And I could talk about this movie for way longer and I probably will on the next episode. But until then, you can follow the podcast on This Means Pod on Instagram and Twitter and This Means Podcast on Facebook. One more thing. I am really excited though that this movie will turn people on to the new animated series that has been streaming on HBO Max since HBO Max debuted, which is fantastic and violent and hilarious and just flipping weird. And yes, you know what? Let's go. Like that, that is like, they're going to want more Looney Tunes stuff. And it's going to be like, I want to see what's going on with the tunes. And the mummy episode is chef's kiss. Mummy Dummy on HBO Max. Check it out if you haven't already. And I'll be reviewing those on my speedy reviews on Taco Tunes Days. There we go. That's a lot. <laughs> Is it because he's Mexican? No. Speedy reviews on Taco Tunes Day. Oh. <laughs> As a Mexican, I'm not offended because tacos are delicious. Okay, good. <laughs> Then it's going to stick. And uh, yes, so look forward to those. And there will be five to ten minutes in length. And that's what you can look forward to on Taco Tuesdays. So follow us on social media. Follow the podcast wherever you can. 
and keep the conversation going on Facebook and I have a Discord as well. So jump on in and share if you have friends that like Looney Tunes. Yes. Um, and we'll talk about Who Framed Roger Rabbit in a future episode. So anyways, remember that not all folks because I'll never stop talking about Looney Tunes. <laughs> Even when this mic goes off. <laughs> Take care. Oh, yeah. Metropolis. I can't wait to see what I turn into here. Oh, it's going to be somebody dope. Robin? I'm freaking Robin? And why are we chasing a runaway train? We're in DC world, Doc. And where there's trouble... They're superheroes! <gasps>